0: Today we're going to be talking about The Blessing. Um, Just before the lockdown began, uh, Carrie, Job and Cody khanz if you're familiar with them, if you're not familiar with them, they are uh, amazing worship leaders uh, and they've written this song called The Blessing and they released it just before the lockdown began. And ever since, that video went viral with over 12 million views world over. And not just that, churches world over started covering and putting up videos of their choirs singing this together and they garnered a million uh, views. And uh, not just that, countries, uh, for example, Canada, UK, Malaysia, Portugal, South Africa, Zimbabwe and Hawaii, uh, got their churches together and put out one video of them singing this song uh as various churches but as one choir not just that uh secular artists like even selena gomez put up her own cover of this song now if you're not a christian or even if you're a christian you might be wondering what a song to sing right now i mean the blessing uh we, from what, what we are experiencing is so far from what we would call a, what we would usually call a blessed life. What a song to sing right now! But yet, this song is catching on like wildfire. Why is that so? It is straight from the Word of God, and we'll explore that a little this morning. The reason why we feel this is because the word blessed. Has taken up a completely different meaning in our context and in our culture. The hashtag blessed life is now synonymous with that perfect vacation, that perfect car, uh, that amazingly plated, succulent, beautiful dish on your plate, uh, and and anything aesthetic, scenic is now uh, related or or ascribed uh, to the word bl- the blessing or blessed. If you go on to Instagram, there are over 123 million posts with the hashtag blessed. And all of them are pictures of aesthetically beautiful things of life which are great and which are a blessing from God. So irrespective of whether we are followers of Jesus or not, we all have our own definitions of what a blessed life is. Now, because of these preset definitions in our mind, talking about the blessed life in these circumstances might seem inappropriate during this time. But my goal this morning is to hit a reset button on our own definitions and to look to the Bible and see what does it actually mean to live a blessed life in these circumstances. I hope to unpack the word blessed blessed and what it really means. Now, the context for this chapter that we're going to be looking at, from which the song came, uh, is, I'm pretty sure, even if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, you would know if you watched the movie, The Ten Commandments, or The Exodus, uh, where God's chosen nation, Israel, to bring about Jesus, was in slavery for about 400 years in Egypt. And they're freed from slavery, and they come out, and they're heading towards Uh, taking possession of this promised land that God gave their ancestor Abraham. Now, just before they embark on this journey, God gives them this blessing uh, that we are going to look at today. Now, after living as slaves for 400 years, they were finally going to taste freedom. For 400 years, they depended on their Egyptian masters for their survival and the provision of their needs. They were literally at their mercy. Now, they were going to prepare for freedom and a a life of following God himself, of serving God himself. This was going to be their new normal. An absolutely new experience for them. And this is where we find the blessing. Let's dive straight into the chapter. It's, it's a book called Numbers in the Old Testament, the part of the Bible before Jesus. And this is the Lord telling Moses, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, who was then the priest of Israel and his sons, this is how you are to bless Israelites. This is from Numbers chapter six, verses 22 to 27. If you're opening your Bible this is how you are to bless the Israelites say to them the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them this is the word of God Allow me to pray before we start. Father, I believe this morning you are leading us into an experience of tasting your blessing tangibly. In this next 30 minutes and in the next phase that we are about to enter in, even though everything that we look around us doesn't fit our definition of what a blessed life is, I believe that this morning through the Holy Spirit, you are teaching us to enjoy what it means to enjoy this blessing even in these circumstances. Father, I pray for those of us who are not believers of Jesus or followers of Jesus. I pray that you will even speak to them and, and you will engage their hearts this morning. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. This is how the framework of the talk is going to go this morning. First, we are going to be looking at the source of the blessing. Second, we're going to be looking at the nature of the blessing. And third, we're going to be looking at the security for the blessing. The source of the blessing, the nature of the blessing, and the security for the blessing. The source of the blessing. Look at the emphasis of the word the Lord. It says the Lord bless you. The Lord turn His face toward you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. In a three-lined blessing, The Lord, the word the Lord is repeated three times. God is making it clear to them with no confusion at all about who is the one to bless them. It is he who blesses them, not their masters, not their leaders, not the high priests themselves who are reading this blessing to them. It is the Lord himself. Why is it needed? Don't they know? I mean, irrespective of whether we are followers of Jesus or not, all of us know that when we say God bless you, God bless you, we know that God is the one from whom all blessing flows. Why is God making it clear and repeating his name thrice? It is because oftentimes our minds might know that all blessing is from the Lord, but our hearts don't. Our minds might know, but our hearts don't. Let us see how this plays out by looking at an incident that happens right in this journey out of Egypt. Now, this is happening. Uh, They're coming out of Egypt. This amazing miracle of them passing through the Red Sea happens. Now, they enter the wilderness and they are there just before they receive this blessing. This is happening. Right. Uh, What is the incident? They are free from slavery. They are now in the wilderness. They are running out of basic things like food and water for their journey. And what do they do? They look back into their slavery days and they say at least in Egypt we had food and water. We didn't need to struggle for them. We had food and water. Now in their new normal, even the basic survival stuff they couldn't get on their own. When they complain to Moses and give him a very tough time, Moses looks to the Lord and and the Lord rains bread from heaven for them to eat. And he provides water from a rock for them to drink. Their dependence for even the basic in this new normal is now on the Lord. Not on themselves, not on anyone else. Let us look at our new normal. We're experiencing all our support systems crumbling. The basic things that we took for granted like food, clean air, water is now available with much difficulty and at much cost after much waiting and much queuing in those long lines, maintaining social distancing. Our hard earned money is taking a dip in the markets. What is our posture? Are we looking back and complaining or are we looking to God in desperate dependence for even the basic things of life? The word to bless in the Hebrew translates into to grant life, health and fertility. This is basic stuff. Basic stuff, life, health and fertility. God is using this new normal to train our hearts to believe that He and He alone is the source of all our blessing. Let's look at the nature of the blessing uh, this morning. The blessing it has a two-part nature. What are the two parts? The first part is it is conditional blessing. It is a conditional blessing. The second part is It is also a covenantal blessing. Let me unpack this for us. The conditional blessing. Look at these lines, verses 25 and 26. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Allow me to deconstruct these two lines. Make his face shine on you. The Hebrew word, the Hebrew meaning for this is, Finding favor when someone makes their face shine on us. It means that we have found favor in their eyes The second line turn his face toward you the Hebrew meaning for this is to find Approval when someone turns their face and looks at you you have their approval Make his face and turn his face Look at this closely this assumes that there is a possibility of god's face not shining on them and it assumes of a possibility that god's face is not turned toward them because god is saying make his face and turn his face toward you but why is that why is the lord's face not why is there a possibility of the lord's face not shining on us and turning towards us the answer is simple It is because of sin. Let's look at the context in which this blessing is given. This blessing is sandwiched between five books of the law that God is giving Israel that would let them participate in his holiness and his perfection. Now obedience to this law meant blessing and disobedience to this law meant curse. Just as the blessing is pronounced so clearly, the curse is also pronounced very clearly in these books of law. This is a conditional blessing subject to obedience. Let me establish this from the Bible. Isaiah, a prophet, later telling the same thing to Israel, he says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. This is Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2. Plenty times in the wilderness, Israel, despite despite enjoying this favor of God in many times, they look to turn away from God and desire to worship something else. Let's look at one more such incident that happens right before God gives them this blessing. Moses he goes onto a mountain called Mount Sinai and he's receiving this law, this these ten commandments, and he spends forty days over there. And uh, while he's waiting there, Israel can clearly see that Moses is enjoying this time with God and he's speaking to God. And the presence of God has descended on that mountain. But during those forty days, these guys were growing impatient they couldn't wait they wanted something to worship so what do they do they turn to aaron who is their priest and says we want to worship something we want something to lead us give us an idol and they come together give all their gold put it in and make a golden calf as an idol a golden calf they turn away from God and turn to this golden calf. That is what we want to worship. Every time, listen to me carefully, every time we seek the favor or acceptance of someone more than or instead of God himself, we lose sight of his face shining upon us and turning towards us. Every time we look to someone or something to seek favor and acceptance more than God or instead of God, we lose sight of God's face shining upon us and His his face turning towards us. Two weeks ago, how does this play out? Two weeks ago, let me show you what happened from my own experience. I uh, I woke up this day and I was feeling worthless. I was feeling like, I'm being so unproductive. I don't know what's happening. Uh, I'm definitely not the most useful person right now. Uh, and I'm probably a very unhealthily addicted to Instagram as probably uh, most of us are in this generation. And uh, when I, every time I look up to Instagram, I see my friends doing amazing stuff. I mean, they're writing beautiful songs and producing them, recording them in their own home and producing them and putting it out there. They're bringing artists together, collaborating and writing great songs and putting it out there. For a musician, I was feeling quite inadequate. I was like, what am I doing? Uh, If not that, a couple of my friends were doing specific skill workshops on Zoom with over 500 participants. And I was like, wow. And and a couple of my friends were taking into cooking and baking like professionals do. And their stuff was looking beautiful. And I was like, what am I doing? I think I'm worthless. I'm feeling so worthless. What was happening to me then? I came to a realization that I'm not enjoying the favor and approval of the many followers that others are enjoying on Instagram. In that moment, I forgot God. I forgot my worth in Jesus. I forgot what he's doing with me in this season. I was blind to his favor that I have in Jesus and his approval that I have in Jesus. I was not enjoying this rich blessing that I have in Jesus. Where are we looking to find our favor and approval? In this season in other words what are we looking to for a blessing in this season what does it tell us about ourselves at the heart of it listen to me carefully at the heart of it we are all desiring good things even great things that only God can give from something or someone that is not God We're all desiring good things that only God can give from something or someone that is not God. One of the ways to figure out what these really are is to let it actually fail us. And we couldn't have been in a better time or a setting to figure out what these are. I mean, this COVID world has shown us several ways in which the things that we actually functionally put our hope on and trust in can fail us. Allow me to talk to, talk about one thing that all of us as artists, professionals, entrepreneurs can relate to in this season. The one place where we all as professionals, artists and entrepreneurs look to for our worth, our favor and our acceptance is our work, our careers. Now don't get me wrong, while work is a gift from God, we experience his favor and His goodness in our life through it as well. What we tend to do is, we, we tend to derive all of our worth completely from it. How does this play out? If our work is going well, uh, in this season, uh, I'm pretty sure we had seasons of unproductiveness and, and work not going well. Uh, if our work is going well, we feel very favored. We feel accepted. We feel full of worth. And we feel on top of the world. One bad day at work is enough to let our entire world crumble down. Why is it that? We functionally look to our work for our blessing more than God himself, who is the giver of all work. And oh boy, what a hit our work has taken in this season. The year-end bonuses have been replaced with pay cuts and layoffs. And it hurts. It hurts. But maybe, just maybe, God in His grace is revealing to us where our true belief for our blessing actually lies. Our sinfulness has blocked our view of God's face shining upon us and Him turning towards us in love and saying, You are my child. I want to bless you. Now, while this blessing is conditional, the second part of the nature is it is also covenantal. Look at verse 27 with me. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Even with the foreknowledge of the depth of the sinfulness of these Israelites, God had resolved to bless the Israelites. Now, this blessing is also a recall, a reminder of the original blessing that God gave Abraham, their ancestor, their forefather. Uh, In Genesis 12, we see in verses 2 and 3, he says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you i will make your name great and you will be a blessing this is a recall that nation god promised to abraham is this nation israel now journey this with me there's a clear tension in these two aspects of nature if this blessing is conditional and is conditioned and subject to our obedience How can this blessing also be covenantal? How can God resolve already knowing that we are going to mess up and we are going to sin and we are going to fall short of our side of this covenant? How can it be both conditional and covenantal? Let that tension mess with our hearts a bit. Let it unsettle us for a bit. And join with me even as we go into the third point where we will see this tension being settled. The security for the blessing. Now Israel clearly failed to live up to their end of the covenant. They kept sinning and turning away from God and worshipping other things. And in the process, they actually end up rejecting this promised land, the blessing that God gave their ancestor Abraham. They say... They they say we don't want to go there. This is not like what we expected. I don't think we can do this. This is not us. And they reject. And they end up wandering for about 40 years. Now just like Israel. Irrespective of whether we are followers of Jesus or not. We know that we are not living flawless lives. I mean if you are not a follower of Jesus. Or even not a a believer in God himself. You can accept and you can admit with all of us that we are not living forget god's standard even to our standard of the goodness that we want to live in as as followers of jesus we call this sin and as followers we have failed to obey god and we continue to fail so we constantly reject god's blessing because that is not something that we are expecting if we have failed How can God keep his covenant with us? Here's the tension breaker friends. God sent his own son Jesus to live the life of perfect obedience that we should have lived. He lived a perfectly righteous life and he was 100% human and 100% God when he lived on earth. And as a 100% human he enjoyed this blessing in every sense. He had his father's face always shining upon him. And his father always looked to him in love. And he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. But Jesus chose to take on our disobedience. And our failure to meet the covenant upon himself. Every sin that you and I committed, commit and will commit that makes God's face stop shining upon us and turn away from us, Jesus took it all upon himself as though he did it all, as though he disobeyed. Jesus endured the ultimate blessing, the ultimate curse of God's wrath due to our disobedience so that we can enjoy the ultimate blessing of God's presence due to his obedience he endured the ultimate curse of god's wrath because of our disobedience this verse this follower of jesus uh, in galatians chapter 3 paul says uh, christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hung on a pole he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. We who are not Jews, we who are Indians, who are people from other countries, and we can enjoy this blessing through Jesus Christ. The father literally turned his face away from Jesus when he hung on that cross, carrying all our sin, all our shame, and he looked towards us. Darkness fell on Jesus and his face, even as the Father turned His face, looked to us and made His face shine upon us in that beautiful exchange on the cross. We can now enjoy this covenantal blessing of God because Jesus met all the conditions. The tension is resolved in the person of Jesus. On that cross, when Jesus hung, His perfection was gifted to us those who believe in him. In other words, remember that verse 27 that we read, "I will put, they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. God, when Jesus hung on the cross, put the perfect name of Jesus upon each of us who believe in him so that his blessing can flow straight to us in the name of Jesus which is put on us. All the blessings due to him are rightfully ours, friends. Our blessing is secure in Jesus. We are indeed blessed. Now as followers of Jesus or even as non-followers of Jesus, if you are just exploring, we might have this question. All of this is great. It sounds great. But how can I practically enjoy this blessing through the pain that I am going through? This is my question too. How can I sing this song, The Blessing, and enjoy it? Allow me to share a true story. In 1844, a young Irish man called Joseph Scriven, uh, he, he, he travels, he completes his education abroad, and he goes home to marry his sweetheart. The day before the wedding, he's traveling to meet his fiancée, and, and to his utter shock, he finds his beautiful fiance lying dead underwater after she fell off from her horse. Later, Scriven moved to Canada and eventually he fell in love again. Only to experience weeks before the wedding, even this new fiancée of his died of illness few weeks before his wedding. For the second time, he lost the love of the woman he really loved. The following year, he wrote a poem to his mom in Ireland and described how he developed a deep friendship uh, with Jesus during this time and allow me to read a small part of his poem uh, which might be familiar to us. He writes, what a friend we have in jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to god in prayer can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share jesus knows our every weakness Take it to the Lord in prayer. Through the pain of the loss of his loved ones, Scriven experienced the ultimate blessing of God himself and his friendship. Listen to me carefully. The ultimate blessing of God is for us to enjoy his presence unhindered by our sin or circumstances. The ultimate blessing of God is for us to enjoy His presence unhindered by our sin or circumstances. In fact, our experience of God's blessing becomes real in the seasons of pain more than the seasons of prosperity. Our experience of God's blessing becomes real in the seasons of pain more than seasons of prosperity allow me to pray even as we rest in the friendship and the presence of jesus during this hard time jesus we want to thank you lord it is only in you that we can enjoy this blessing it is only in you that god can turn his face and say I will bless you. I will make my face shine upon you. I will turn my face toward you in love. Because on that cross, God turned his face away. He He shone his face on us and darkness filled you when you hung on that cross in this time in this difficult time we can still experience the rich blessing of the very presence of god who has not forsaken us because he forsook you on that cross your father forsook you so that i his child can enjoy his presence in this time of difficulty i can lean in to you and your friendship my god is welcoming me into His embrace. And I am not forsaken. Though the night is dark, we are not forsaken. Thank you for this rich blessing to enjoy God Himself in this season. We worship you. In your name we pray Jesus. Amen.